Good morning, everyone. I am Pastor David. Good to be back here at Midland Free. <laughs> Some of you may know that I was in my country of birth, Sri Lanka, uh, for about two weeks or so. Arrived back on Wednesday and still a little bit jet lagged. So if I am falling asleep, please wake me up. And I'm counting on that uh, from you all. But it's good to be back. Now, let me begin with the question. If I were to ask you, what is the safest place on earth? How would you answer that question? What is the safest place? Be it God's will, okay? You're in for a surprise. It's not your homes. Because 17% of all accidents take place in your home. So the message is, don't stay at home. (laughs) It is not your car or the roads on which you drive them. Because they are responsible for 20% of all fatal accidents that take place. So don't drive your car. Well, should you decide to travel by air or train or water, it isn't any better. Because 16% of all accidents involve these forms of transportation. Okay, you decide not to do all of those and decided to walk on the sidewalk. Well, 14% of all accidents take, uh, occur to pedestrians. Okay, we cannot drive our car, we cannot walk, we cannot stay at home. Now, all of those add up to about 67% of all accidents that take place in this world. Of the remaining 33%, 32% of all accidents and death take place in hospitals. So, above all else, avoid hospitals. So what's left? This morning you will be pleased to learn that only 0.001% of all deaths take place in worship services in the church. (laughs) Therefore, logic says that church is the safest place on the face of the earth. Now I have one more thing to say here. Percentage of deaths during Bible study is even less. <laughs> Therefore, for safety's sake, attend church and read your Bible. How about that? So this morning as we continue our sermon series from the Old Testament book of Proverbs, 
we will be looking at Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. And its main message is about our safety and security. So if you have your Bibles, I invite you to open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. We are going to look at just one verse. That's it. And if you are using the church Bible, which we call the blue Bible, it's found on page 687. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. Here you go. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. You see, in the ancient world, people lived in tribes or tribal communities. And in order to protect themselves from enemies, they built walls around their cities and lived either near it or inside it. Perhaps a well-known biblical example is found in the Old Testament book of Nehemiah. When the Israelites returned from the exile, they built a wall around Jerusalem. Here it is up on the screen. It's not the real one. It's an artist's rendering of this wall. And its length is actually about 2.5 miles. And the height is 40 feet. And the thickness of the wall is about 10 feet. So these are very strong walls for that time. Now at certain locations of the wall, especially at the turning points or the corners of these walls, they built towers. You could actually see some of those at the back. But here's another closer view. They built towers. Towers are much taller than the wall itself. They may be round or square. In this particular picture, you see a tower that's very tall and round. They consist of multiple floors. Where on each floor they stored their armors, military equipment, if you will. They were more fortified than the wall itself. For example, the typical the, the, the thickness of a typical tower wall was at least 25 feet, whereas the wall was 10 feet. So the, the, the tower wall was at least twice as much thick. And in the days when militaries only had horses and chariots, they simply could not or penetrate or destroy these towers. Furthermore, the reason to have tall towers is that, you know, it's the person sitting on top of the tower can actually see enemies approaching from a far distance. And that gives them time to get ready and prepare for war. Again, moreover, in the days when there were no airplanes, there were no air attacks, no guns or artilleries that can be shot high enough from the ground to reach the top, because the ancients simply had javelins and spears and slings like the ones that 
King David used to kill Goliath. That's all they had. These towers were truly safe places. Now, we find in the Bible an actual example of how people of that time ran into the tower. For example, if you have your Bibles, open it to Judges chapter 9. And if you're using the church Bible, it's 267, it's the page number. I'm going to simply read the story to give you an idea of how Ancient people used these towers for their safety and for their protection, especially from their enemies. I'm going to begin in verse 50. And you could also see the scripture verses uh, up on the screen. Chapter 9, Judges chapter 9, verse 50. Then Abimelech went to Thebes and encamped against Thebes and captured it. But there was a strong tower within the city. There's a tower. And all the men and women and all the leaders of the city fled to it and shut themselves in. See it? And they went up to the roof of the tower. There it is. Enemy had approached and they all ran to the tower, and there were many different floors. Perhaps people occupied different floors, and some of them got all the way to the top. Verse 52, and, and Abimelech came to the tower and fought against it and drew near to the door of the tower to burn it with fire. Again, remember, with horses and chariots, you cannot smash them because they are so thick. So he was finding a way to burn it. Verse 53, and a certain woman threw an upper millstone on Abimelech's head and crushed his skull. There it is. They had stored this big stone up on the top floor. That was their military equipment, if you will. That's all they had. They didn't have guns. They didn't have artilleries. None. They had stones. And there it is. Then he called quickly to a young man, his armor-bearer, and said to him, Draw your sword and kill me, lest they say of me a woman killed him. And his young man thrust him through, and he died. And when the men of Israel saw that Abimelech was dead, everyone departed to his home. Again, safety from the enemies. They have been protected. They have killed the enemy. Now they are going back to their own homes. Thus God returned the evil of Abimelech, which he committed against his father in killing his 70 brothers. And God also made all the evil of the men of Shechem return to, on their heads. And upon them came the curse of Jotham, the son of Jeroboam. You see the picture? So when an Old Testament person, like the writer of Proverbs, sits down and says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. He is comparing it to those towers that protected them from their enemies. They were in fact strong. 
they enabled them to see the enemy coming from afar. And they were able to store their military equipment and get ready for war and to fight. Moreover, these towers were much taller than the wall itself. Therefore, when the writer of Proverbs compares the name of the Lord as a strong tower, he's saying, by comparing God to a strong tower, the author of Proverbs tells us that the Lord our God is set on high. In fact, very high, far above everything and everyone else. And thus, he is inaccessible to his enemies. That's the message of the first half. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Tower is far above everybody else. Sits on high, inaccessible to the enemies. But on the other hand, you have an advantage over your enemy as well. So the question arises, what are some ways by which we may describe God today? I thought about a few. Perhaps you might think about a few more. Now, if you lived in Dubai, in fact, that, that's where I, I was in transit on my way to Sri Lanka, perhaps you might say, the Lord our God is Burj Khalifa. That's the tallest building today in the world. And you see a picture of it. I mean, you could see it as the, as the airplane is landing. You could see this massive structure. And you see how tall it is compared to everything else. It truly does sit above everything else. Perhaps you could say that. If you lived in flood-prone areas, such as, let's say, New Orleans, you might say, the Lord our God is a strong levy which protects people from floods. Right? If you are the President of the United States of America and live in the White House, you might say, the Lord our God is the nuclear-proof underground bunker in the White House. Right? Although much of the information is classified, it is believed to be six stories below ground. And in fact, during 9-11, some of President George W. Bush's cabinet members were taken there for safety. Now, if you are here at Midland Evangelical Free Church, you might say, the Lord our God is like the tornado safety zone shown in this picture. Did you know this? That we actually do have tornado safety zones in this building. So when I said church is the safest place on earth, I was not kidding. All right? And there are a variety of ways to say that. Unlike these, which may fail. In fact, the levees did fail in New Orleans during Hurricane Katrina in 2005. The Lord our God does not fail. He is firmly set on high and thus inaccessible 
to enemies. That's the point of the first half of the statement that's in Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Now, having established this fact, this truth about God, the author of Proverbs writes a second part of his statement, which is, the righteous man runs into it and is safe. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. Now, the original Hebrew word that's translated safe is what is called nisgab, which literally means set on high. Set on high. It's not safe. So the righteous man runs into it and he is set on high. That's the translation. In other words, the Lord our God is set on high and inaccessible to enemies. And those who seek refuge in him are thus set on high and made inaccessible to enemies. And that's the main message of Proverbs 18.10. The Lord our God is set on high and inaccessible to enemies and those who run into him are set on high and made inaccessible to enemies. Now I want us to carefully notice here the context. Because we could get into health and wealth kind of gospel. The context here is protection from enemies. Not protection from ill health, not protection from pain or suffering or poverty or anything like that, which are normal part of living in a fallen, sin-ridden world that we live in today. So this is not about run to God, you will be blessed, you will prosper, you will never have ill health. That's not what it is. The context here is enemies. And therefore, what what God is promising here is the Lord our God is set on high and inaccessible to enemies in the same way those who run into him, run toward him, run to him, would also be set on high and made inaccessible to enemies. What this Proverbs does is to assure us protection from enemies, God's enemies and our enemies, the Satan, the devil, and his schemes, and his allies, like the wicked and the sinners, and many more. Those who are used by the devil and the Satan. That's the protection this particular verse assures. For example, the Bible says in Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth 
to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless toward him. That's the assurance. That's the hope. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. Safe from enemies, God's enemies and our enemies. Now there's one question that remains. How do we take refuge in God? Because that's what this says. You know, name of the Lord is a strong tower. Righteous run into it. They take refuge. They are safe. And the question is, how do we take refuge in God? Now, I would like us to Take a look at those Proverbs versus the things that follow. Chapter 18, verses 11 and 12. The two verses that follow, verse 10. Proverbs 18, 11. It says, a rich man's wealth is a strong city. And like a high wall in his imagination. Now what this says is that sometimes wealthy people, rich people may consider their wealth as the strong city or the strong tower or the strong wall. Again, remember in ancient times they built these walls and the the stronger the wall, the stronger the tower, the stronger the city. But the writer of Proverbs says, they are simply in their imagination. It's not real. And so the answer there then is that accumulating wealth is not taking refuge in God. That's the first one. The second one, verse 12. Before destruction... A man's heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. Now this one is not, in other words, taking refuge in God is not about becoming prideful, arrogant, trusting in our abilities, our capabilities, our accomplishments. It's not that. Because what this calls for is actually humility comes before honor. So those are two examples of what, how not to take refuge in God. It is not about accumulating wealth and, and trusting in it. It is not about uh, uh, trusting in our accomplishments, our abilities and things of that kind. But the real answer I found as I scribbed the scriptures was, from King David, one of Israel's kings. At different points in his life, 
King David was on the run from people who literally wanted to kill him. King Saul was one, and there were many others who wanted to kill him. But the Bible says that he always sought refuge in God and found safety there. And there are several Psalms that talk about this, but I have chosen one. Psalm 62, verses 7 and 8. Psalm 62, verses 7 and 8. Here is David. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him. And here's the word. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. David says, pour out your hearts to him. And that's how you seek refuge in God. So, I I may have told this story previously, a long time ago. When I was in graduate school back in the 80s, You know, I had this habit of coming home after a long day in the chemistry lab and essentially going through all that I had done that particular day in prayer. So I would say I woke up at this time and I had a shower, I ate this, and I I went to the lab at this time and I met so-and-so and I had a discussion about this, and I had this, and I did this particular reaction, whatever, all of those things, and I will tell God. And as I was doing that, things would come back, and here are things that I was convicted of. I shouldn't have done this. Oh, here was a difficult situation. I needed to trust God. I needed to pour that out to God and to seek His help. That's what he's talking about. Pour out your hearts to him. For God is our refuge. So, I, I have actually, it's a long time ago, but I, I, you know, for the past year or so, I have, I have begun this all over again now. At the end of the day, when I go home and I you know, get in bed and simply talking to God about this happened, this happened, this happened, this difficult situation. That was a success. This is something I needed to resolve, you know, and all of those things. That's what it means to take refuge in God, to pour out your heart so that we could take refuge in God. The easier thing for me to do, what, what comes naturally to me is that I'm a problem solver. Oh, there's a problem here. I could solve it this way. There's a problem over here. I could solve it that way. There's a problem over here. I could solve it that way. But to be able to pour out our hearts to God and then listen to God and to be able to do exactly what he says that we must do is taking refuge in God. You know, a true story is told of a small tribe known as the Morgan Sea Gypsies. 
that lived in the shelters on the beaches of Thailand. They were fishermen who lived off of what they caught in the ocean. They were in harm's way when the killer tsunami crashed the shores of Thailand in December 2004. All of them would have perished if not for a piece of information that was passed on from generation to generation. That is when the water recedes fast and the ocean floor becomes exposed, run to the temple on the mountain and take refuge there. Because the water that receded will reappear with fury and destroy them. In other words, run to the higher ground and take refuge there. And that's exactly what they did. It would have been tempting for them who lived off the sea to run down where the water had been minutes ago and fill every basket available with fish flopping on the exposed ocean. Because they may never have had that many fish caught in a single day. In fact, some fishermen who lived in other areas of Thailand did just that. Many curious tourists walked right into the ocean floor that was exposed. Just curious. And all of them perished. Because what happened? 10, 15, 20 minutes later, the water gushed back out of the with giant waves with speeds exceeding 500 miles per hour, like a jetliner. And they all perished. But not the Morgan Sea Gypsies. By running to the temple on the mound, they showed refuge on high ground. As a result, not a single member of the Morgan Gypsy tribe perished that day. Morgan Gypsies ran to the higher ground and escaped the wrath and destruction of tsunami. As a Christian, what the writer of the Proverbs tells us is that run to the Lord your God and take refuge there. He is set on high and is inaccessible to enemies. And when we run to him and take refuge in him, we are also, he sets us on high and makes us inaccessible to the enemies. The Lord our God is set on high and is inaccessible to enemies. And those who seek refuge in him are set on high and are made inaccessible to enemies. Therefore, pour out your hearts to God. Take refuge in Him. And that you and I, the righteous, would be protected from God's enemies and our enemies. And let me conclude with this psalm. Psalm 20. Some trust in chariots. And some in horses. 
but we trust in the name of the Lord, our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. It is my prayer for myself and for all of us is that when faced with difficult situations, run to him. Run to him. He is our security. He is our safety. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are indeed a strong, strong tower. That you are set on high, far above anyone, anything. And the enemy, the devil, has no chance. And Father, it is my prayer for myself and for my brothers that, and sisters here in this church that when we are faced with those kinds of situations as well, that we would run to you such that you would set us on high and make us inaccessible to our enemies. You are our refuge. You are our strength. You are our safety. You are our security. Help us to live in that way, in that way, each and every day. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.